0: Welcome to Bridging the Gap. I'm your host, Hella Rea, and I'm using meaningful conversations and stories as tools to bridge the gap. You may ask, to what? We'll find out on this episode of Bridging the Gap. Hi, greetings from the San Francisco Bay Area, and welcome to the prelude of my podcast interview series, Bridging the Gap. My name is Rhea, and I am your host for this podcast, but if you have found me in recent years, you probably know me as Hello Rhea. Ever since I started conducting interviews, I've always wanted to create my own podcast. I've actually been planning to produce and release a podcast ever since the start of 2022. I had the idea of what I wanted to do. I had the graphics ready. I recorded the prelude for my initial podcast so many times, like, I don't know, I think 10 times. But recently, I realized that there must be a better approach to this new project. Hours after I interviewed Katherine Bernardo and Daniel Padilla, I had a conversation with my dad and my aunt about all the interviews I conducted. They asked what my strategy and purpose was and why I was using the same bridging the gap questions with certain artists. After I reflected and rewatched my past interviews, I realized I was trying to bridge the gap. You might be asking... Bridge the gap between what? Well, to illustrate what inspired me to bridge the gap and start this podcast, let me introduce my story. I am a 23-year-old Filipino-American from the San Francisco Bay Area. I was born in Hayward, raised in Pleasanton, California. My early memories of growing up in Hayward were always being around family. You know, the way Filipino parents save money on babysitting is asking their parents to watch their kids when they would go to work or run errands. As my dad was running his dental practice with the help of my mom, I was always with grandparents, aunties, uncles, cousins during those 9 to 5 work hours. It took a village for my siblings and I to be taken care of because, fun fact, my brother is autistic. So many people supported my parents and helped them navigate through our new normal. Since we were always around family members, my siblings and I were so immersed in the Filipino culture. My grandparents on both sides would try to teach us Tagalog, but my sister and I were not motivated to learn the language or figure out what they were saying, which looking back would have been very helpful with what I'm doing right now in my life. But other than that, always being around family gave me a sense of the Filipino culture. But when I was five years old, my family moved to Pleasanton, which at the time was a predominantly white city. If you have never heard of Pleasanton, it's a suburb 50 minutes away and 30 miles southeast of San Francisco. And while I was attending school, I realized I didn't have someone around me that shared the same experience. There were some Filipinos that would come and leave Pleasanton in my elementary school batch, there were only three other Filipinos. But it was hard to find someone who can relate to your experiences. My family would have to travel outside of Pleasanton to participate in the usual gatherings and annual celebrations like the Santa Niño Fiestas. But when I was 10 years old, I was exposed to and participated in Filipino folk dance. My cousins, sister, and I danced the subali and Itik of course, I discovered nickeling during that time, but those events were like one and done. I didn't really think much of folk dancing until high school. In high school, there were less than 50 Filipinos in the whole student body. My high school years gave me the opportunity to connect with other Filipinos because being involved in spaces like church choir, youth group, confirmation, dancing and choreographing the, the nickeling for my high school's multicultural celebration week— led to all of us being able to connect with our roots. But having the opportunity to choreograph the Nickling led me to learn more about the Filipino history on a whole other level. Other than reading a paragraph about the Bataan Death March in a world history book, I would attend these college recruitment events at UC Davis. In addition to showing high school students how to apply for colleges, they exposed their attendees to overlooked Filipino-American history by highlighting crucial events like the IOTEL, Coney Island Human Zoo, and stressing the importance of Manong Itliang and the Delano farm strike through intense assimilations. They also hosted expressive workshops, so every year, I attended the Thinicling Workshop and used what I learned from the college students and applied it to our act our dance troupe made for that year showcasing traditional and modern denickling not only helped me and those participating in denickling to connect with the filipino culture but it also brought awareness to the whole student body it became a fan favorite and a closing act everyone was like oh my god i love that tickling dance even though a lot of people could not pronounce tinikling right it was amazing being a part of a movement that brought awareness of the filipino culture in a predominantly white and indian school after I graduated high school, I never thought I was going to choreograph the Nickling ever again. I really missed the Nickling. That was the best time of my life. But my ultimate goal after high school was to transfer out of community college and go to a UC. As I got accepted into UCLA and was preparing for the next chapter of my life, my cousin decided she was going to have a debut. She asked if I could choreograph at the Nickling finale for her party, and I was like, no, I'm not. That's not part of my life anymore. I'm sorry. Um, Just kidding, I came out of retirement and was choreographing the the Thinnickling for my cousin's debut. With the short amount of time we had to prepare for the party, it was a challenging task to complete. How do you coach 16 teenagers who have never jumped between the bamboo sticks or have never seen Thinnickling ever in their life to become proficient in performing a complex folk dance in less than 3 months? So many people had doubts whether or not we could create a nice performance, and then all of a sudden, the nickling performance from my cousin's debut went viral. Who knew that out of all the modern nickling projects that are on the internet, the nickling choreography that I made on my Lola and Lolo's front lawn to Sweeties My Type would get recognition. As the modern nickling performance was getting a lot of traction on the internet, it brought a lot of people from different cultures and backgrounds together. Memories arose of seeing or trying out the dance in grade school for so many people. As the act bridged the gap between the United States and the Philippines, it sparked debates on whether it's allowed to put a creative twist on a folk dance. While Filipino Americans were hyping up the choreography, so many people in the Philippines said it was disrespectful. And I totally understand, but to clarify, We did do a traditional section in the beginning before the Modern nickeling segment, so if you want to check that out, it's on my YouTube channel if you search up Hella Raya. But unexpectedly, going viral opened doors for me. I had the privilege of meeting and connecting with artists and creators from the Bay and LA. My increased curiosity in the Filipino entertainment scene led me to working events that I never dreamed of being a part of. And as I was being exposed to the industry, I was attending college full-time. My time as a UCLA student was very bittersweet. While pursuing my bachelor's degree, I was trying to figure out what to do next to keep the momentum going. I was thinking, like, do I continue to make the nickling choreography? But it's, no, it's really hard since you have to gather and rely on so many people to make something to your expected level. Eventually, I got a remote job during my senior year in college that led me to collaborating with college students in the Philippines. The mission that I created was to help college students bridge the gap between their organization and their school to the Philippines and beyond with the hopes of increasing retention rates and highlighting the opportunity to pursuing higher education. I unexpectedly became a host, which is very funny because I wasn't confident whatsoever to put myself out there in front of hundreds of people, let alone present in front of thousands of viewers when I signed up for these virtual media conferences. So interviews, oh my god interviews, I never intended to interview anyone. (laughs) Like for real, I wasn't an English major or took up journalism in college. But when i was given the opportunity to conduct my first interview with tony Labrusca at the hello stranger virtual media conference that's when i started to figure out how i can evolve as a creator and how i can use my curiosity with a side of critical thinking to dive into this new skill of mine to not only highlight and expose the person that i'm interviewing to a new audience but to spark new conversations and push for change especially when it comes to bridging the gap between the Philippines, the United States, and beyond. As I look back on my own story, I realized the reason why I unconsciously started to bridge the gap was because I discovered there was so much in the world than what I have been accustomed to my whole life. And as I look back at the little girl who was trying to connect with her roots or find people with the same common interest, I want to create a space for discovery. For me, all I was exposed to was the California lifestyle, healthcare, specifically the dental field, American mainstream media, and so much more. But as I was fortunate that my cousin's nickeling act got pushed to a lot of people around the world, that's when I realized there are so many amazing projects and perspectives out there that are sometimes not easily accessible or don't get highlighted as much as they should. I started to wonder what my life would have been like if I knew that these things existed when I was growing up. Would I be able to speak or understand Tagalog? Yeah. Would my journey to pursue a career outside of healthcare be easier to achieve? Of course. There are so many people, stories and movements that need to be highlighted. I met so many wonderful people in the past three years where I thought, where have you been or why weren't you in my life when I needed you? With Bridging the Gap, I want to create an outlet where stories can be told and help listeners create their own unique story. Whether it can help someone make big moves in their life, expose a listener to a different person or interest, or even show that it's okay for your own life journey to become so unconventional, I hope Bridging the Gap can increase awareness on so many different levels with so many different topics. Especially with Filipinos in their element, I believe that sharing these stories can push for more representation, exposure, and inclusivity. At the moment, you see people who identify as being Filipino-American killing it in music or being in cameos for big projects. But what about all those hardworking, talented people back in the Philippines? Sure, you have TFC doing amazing, bringing their artists to events like in the United States, the Middle East, Europe, Korea, and so many other places, but you know, that's not enough. I hope and pray this podcast can expose listeners to so many talented people. Whether they have shared their talents in the spotlight or they're just starting off, I hope it brings awareness that there's just more than Apple Diap, Her, Sweetie, Bruno Mars, Vanessa Hudgens, or Olivia Rodrigo. In order to show that our stories and music needs to be heard and seen, we have to uplift everyone, whether they're famous or not. But even outside of being Filipino, Filipino culture, and entertainment, I want to highlight inspiring individuals who participate in different fields. The reason why this is very important for me is because I wonder what would have happened if I was exposed to the options the world gives you back in grade school. Who knows? I could have been like Joseph and be a carpenter because, fun fact, I love building furniture during my spare time. But anyways, I believe Bridging the Gap will provide listeners with knowledge on certain paths that are available to them and push them to be someone that they aspire to be, not someone that outside influences force them to be. To sum it up, my mission with Bridging the Gap is to increase awareness on different levels with so many different topics. Using my behavioral science degree, I found that people raised in different generations and different places of the world tend to hold different perspectives on topics because of the gap in cultural understanding between them. In order for people to understand one another and for society to progress as a whole, hosting meaningful conversations can and will lead to bridging the gap. While well, this is the end of the prelude, I really don't know how to end these things because I don't really listen to podcasts, but I hope you stay tuned for Bridging the Gap. For updates, follow this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Instagram at helleraya and in my interviews account at hella interviews. You will find updates about this podcast on at hella interviews. So make sure you follow at hella interviews on Instagram. But if you love the video version of podcast, subscribe to my YouTube channel at helleraya. I'm leaning towards pre-recording these interviews and then posting them later on in the week. But if you have someone special in mind that you want me to interview live or pre-recorded, let me know. Send me a DM or comment at hella interviews. Till then, be courageous. See you there.